Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. As we speak, the latest episode of Clutch Corner. People are flooding over there to listen to it. So catch, catch uh, Adam, Alana, Royal, Kendall, and everybody else over there at Clutch Corner. Uh, that's a little bit different show than us. Give you a little bit of a different perspective. Also, check out all the Dolphins programming. Over there, there's kind of an epic episode of Extra Yard last night. You can check that one out. A complete meltdown over Jakeem Grant I, is, to me, not worth a meltdown. But anyway, go to 5reasonsports.com. That's F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com, for the latest articles from Brady Hawk and everyone else without a paywall. And, of course, check out the great sponsors of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. We tell you about this one all the time. This is the official daily fantasy sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And we're going to be doing a whole bunch more stuff with them. So make sure that you sign up now it's prizepicks.com. Use the code five F I V E and just play around with it. Deposit 20 bucks and just give it a shot. Obviously you can play it off the NFL games or anything else. You can, one of the cool things about prize picks is it's multi-sport. So you can play the MLB playoffs if you want and combine them with NBA preseason and NFL. Okay. And just throw players together that way. A lot of cool stuff that you can do. And also they've got, Obviously, the thing where you can hedge and just go the flex play, you can go the power play. And they've got some new features in there, too, that if somebody's a late DNP, they give you a mulligan for it, okay, which is something that people have been asking for. So go to prizepicks.com, use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Make sure you get you do that because you will get your, your initial deposit matched, which is free money. And now, tonight's episode. Down to this day. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Five on the Floor, check out the episode that Alex and I did with Greg, uh, Alex and I from the arena and Greg from home the other night off the first preseason game. We will not be doing a podcast off the second preseason game in Houston, the game that's on ESPN2, but we will be doing a Floor's Yours on the YouTube channel prior to the game. So make sure you check that out. We just, obviously the three of us really just don't want to be up that late. All right. Or I don't anyway. All right. So let's get to it. And this is going to be, this is, this episode is going to be a challenge for one person in particular here and, and maybe two, but definitely one. Uh, this is the anti sunshine pumper episode. Okay. This is, we are going negative in this episode because look, we were really positive the other night because a lot of good things happened and nothing has changed over the past 24 hours that has led us to become negative. We're all still positive about this team this year, but there was uh, you know, Zach Lowe, um, who uh, to me is the best basketball writer in the country right now, uh, you know, basically stated 
that the the Heat were a team that could one of the teams. He didn't say they would. He said they were one of the teams that could fall in to kind of play in danger. Okay, and he had Atlanta there. He had Philadelphia there. I mean, teams that we believe are probably going to be in sort of that three to six mix in the Eastern Conference. And so like this got Heat fans sort of, you know, apoplectic. Okay, Zach Lowe doesn't know anything. Zach Lowe knows a lot of things. But I will say this. Zach has bounced back and forth on the Heat over the years. He said he had one of the worst outlooks in the NBA, and then he loved what they did afterwards. Okay, but Zach is someone who I can tell you I've known for a long time. He's very well paid by ESPN for a reason. Uh, he has the respect of general managers and others around the NBA because he does uh, the due diligence. Okay, so... We're going to take a look at some of what he talked about, but we're also going to give our own spin on it and sort of give you the worst case scenarios for the heat this year. Like what could go wrong that we would look at this and say, wow, because I think of it in this context guys. And I know that the dolphins are a different entity because things always do go wrong, but people went into this dolphin season with a lot of optimism. I mean, there were a lot of good things. There were a lot of things to like the dolphins were 10 and six last season They'd added pieces like Will Fuller, drafted Jalen Waddell, Jalen Phillips, uh, you know, had another year of seasoning for the offensive line. A full I was very optimistic, Ethan. Right. A full optimist, a full on receiver too. You even said you were Greg, that you were like this, you were excited about this. And, and we're already, you know, at one and three with Tampa coming up oh, and the gosh. whole thing seems to be falling apart. Heat seasons don't typically do that, but some have, okay. The 06, 07 season, Coming off a championship just didn't go very well. The 07, the God, the 07, 08 season, that really didn't go very well. And there have been other years, even the year after LeBron, there were high expectations uh, for Bosch coming back with Wade and kind of supplementing that core with Luol Deng. And that season was kind of an unmitigated disaster. So things happen. So let's take a look at it. What could lead this team to underachieve? If, if we think they're, and I was on with, uh, I was on today with Nate Duncan on his podcast and he's going to actually return the favor. He's going to do a home and home with us. He's going to be on with us next week. And I spent about an hour and a half talking about the heat with him and, and he has him at 47 wins and I have him kind of in the 47 to 50 range. Okay. What could cause this team to be in the low forties in the high thirties? Like, is there anything, Greg, you give me the, your first scenario. We're going to bounce these back and forth. Something that would lead this team to underachieve by say maybe 10 wins from where we think they're going to be. Um, it's interesting that you frame it that way because, uh, you know, when we talked pre-show, we were thinking like worst case scenario and worst case scenario to me really isn't actually um, finishing 10 games worse than, than we expect them to, because that would kind of maybe put them lingering around an eight seed or like it would put them firmly out of the playoffs, excuse me. And I think that at that point, that actually isn't the worst case scenario to me. Like they have to, and Zach Lowe touched on it. So, I mean, like he's kind of hitting on a hot button. Like they can't be in the play in tournament to me, like, and, and particularly in the seventh and eighth seed, like that's the worst spot for them. And I'll get to why in a moment, but what would lead to that to me, it's injuries. It's that some of these young guys that looked really good to, uh, the other night that that stuff doesn't extend. Um, if they have to rely too much on Tyler, um, I think that that's probably not a recipe for success uh, night in and night out. Like that needs to come organically. They can't force it. Um, but those, so that's the kind of stuff, but really it, it's injuries to me, but this is the kicker guys. It's because their 2022 first round draft pick. Um, it was sent to Houston 
in the Victor Oladipo trade, it was a much bigger deal. And essentially what, what happens is, is that Houston has the rights to swap the less favorable between their own first round draft pick, which it probably won't be less favorable, let's be honest, but also, or Brooklyn's, which obviously will be less favorable than Miami's pick. So Miami could land if they were like, let's say they're the eighth seed and they get eliminated. They could also end up with the last pick in the first round, which is like worst case scenario. So that's where I'm going. Injuries is the obvious answer, Alex. Right. But, But like beyond injuries, like what, what, what is the thing we're counting on to happen here that you could say that's like, that could blindside us. Like, well, we didn't see that coming. Well, I was trying to dig it through while you guys were talking and as kind of we're, you know, coming up to the topic pregame, just, I think a lot of it would have to do with their death being a real problem where they're like, just, there's too many negative guys in the rotation. I don't think that's going to happen. And I, you know, and I don't just say that because of so many of them, except for maybe one guy looking so good in the first game of preseason. But I just think like, let's say, you know, they're going to, they're going to be playing Struess. They're going to be playing Vincent. Who knows if Caleb Martin sneaks in, but it's not even about him. You know, their their front their front court with Morris, with PJ. Like, if these guys all just don't work out and, and you just don't feel great about playing any of them a good amount of minutes, that's gonna be a problem for sure. Cause then you're gonna be rest, you're gonna put you're gonna be putting a lot on the three. And that's kind of what happens when you have three all-star players. So I understand that. But that's not ideal because that's not the way that this team was supposed to be built. The other way I think that this could get ugly is if you know their shooting just takes a dip all around whether it be Lowry, Duncan, Tyler they're all just shooting worse than you expect and again I don't see that happening I just think trying to imagine the scenarios where it goes it it gets ugly it it would have to be something like that other than the injuries because that's like you said the obvious one because I don't think the chemistry is really going to be an issue with these guys like we saw in, in, in the first night like we've been talking about for the few months for the past few months I just think you know he all he does is enhance everything that they already do. So I'm not really worried about that part. It's more about is like they have the setup guys. Will the pressure valves, like are the release valves going to be there? I don't know what I'm saying at this point. I don't know what this analogy is, but are the, the release points going to be there? Because I don't think it's going to be the defense either. No, I see. I don't think it'll be the defense. Like any, any worst case scenario, I imagine doesn't involve the defense. Now, I mean, that would be the ultimate Oh, kind man. of stunner, right? Like that would be the uh, way we didn't see that, you know, because a, a lot of times with, with, with teams that, that don't live up to expectations, uh, th- there, there's something that you look back and say, well, I should have seen that coming. Like I, I remember like the Laker teams that were put together with like Carl Malone and Gary Payton. And then you look back and you're like, well, yeah, they were old. They were slow. Uh, some of it didn't really fit properly. I mean, you can look back and say why a team struggled. I mean, I'm trying to think of teams that disappointed Last year, last year, such a weird year because, you know, I, the Lakers disappointed in part because they didn't have LeBron healthy for parts of the season and, and they were coming off that short break. But I'm trying to think of other teams, I mean, was there really even a team the team the with East? Dwight, with, with Dwight and Steve Nash and Kobe yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, at Houston teams, the Houston teams, yeah. if you go back to Barkley and Pippen and Olajuwon, which uh, Charles and Scotty just didn't get along, which which played into that. So, I mean, it does happen. Yeah, it, it, that that's a, obviously. Um, I, I just don't know that that's going to be what we see. It's it, it would be injuries that derail this thing. And and but there's there's another part of this that I think we should just acknowledge, and that's that like we can't fool ourselves. This is to them what I believe to be 
close to a finished product in terms of a contender from a build. Right. So like they can't finish seventh in the East and, and, and say that they feel satisfied with that. And they wouldn't say that, but like to that point, like they can't be middling around and play in tournaments. Like this roster was built and it's top heavy for a reason. And that's to be so that you're not worrying about, playing games and stuff like that. So like that part of it too, and the anxiety that would come from the fan base, I just don't think that's a great combination to end a season. Well, it's an inflexible roster from a contract standpoint going forward. As great as Andy may be, I mean, they have three guys making a ton of money uh, for the next few seasons. It's not an easily, I mean, there's not a lot of easily flippable players that can, that can resh- I mean, a, a reshuffling, and we say this all the time and then they do it, but like a reshuffling would seem really difficult with this group. I mean, it seems like you said, if you were to say, okay, from a scale of one to 10, how close are they to the roster that they want to assemble? I would say it's an eight and a half or a nine. Like they, they, they don't have everything they want yet, yeah. but most of the work was done already. The Jimmy extension, the BAM extension, the Lowry contract, it's done. The the Duncan uh, re-signing, it's done. There are like a couple mid-level exceptions spent of getting like some rotation vets that come from mid-levels. Like that would be like the most ideal additions. And then they're basically built out. Here's the one thing that that could and after the break, I want to get more into the offense because I think ultimately if if it does derail, it's going to be on that end of the floor. Uh, but I think the thing that could derail them is the thing you don't see coming around the league. A lot of times I forgot who was, who I did a pod with recently, or maybe it was a show who said, maybe it was Vinny Goodwill who was saying, you don't really, you don't really know who the next guys are until they're there. Right. And, and so I do think one thing that could derail them because we're, we're counting on what Jimmy and Kyle have been right. And expecting them to stay at that level or above. Okay. And, we, and bam, there's some projection, but we've kind of seen it, but there are teams in the East. Okay. That could just get better quickly. I mean, I, I mean, it, Trey young could take another leap. I know we didn't see it the other night and all of a sudden you're dealing with like in Charlotte, LaMelo ball, you got a lot of young guys, the Hawks yeah, do. Yeah. LaMelo ball get a lot better. A, uh, well, look, Alex, Chicago. I mean, Chicago is one of those teams. I, I don't love their mix on paper, but there's a lot of talent on that roster. And maybe Levine, Zach Levine, with better players around him now, becomes a full-fledged superstar. Like, I sometimes we, we nobody was talking about Phoenix at this time last year. And now, you know, everybody, not only in the finals, but consensus top three in the Western Conference. Like, how many teams in the East could, could we just look back and say, wow, it's not that the Heat were worse than we expected. It's that there were some young teams in the East that got better. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Or quicker than we expected. Or, or, yeah. Which ones would you put in that category? I mean, Atlanta for sure, because they could also consolidate and improve that roster. Like that could come out of nowhere. I'm not really willing to go with New York. Like you're, I'm not buying that. Boston, absolutely. I feel like that's a team, and I hate to say this because y'all know I'm not a Celtics fan at all. Um, I despise those cats, but 
I, I feel like they're a dark horse in the East. Like nobody's talking about them at all. And, um, and they've got an interesting mix that's probably won't be together very long. And people have incentive to play their best, to try to get paid going forward. So I, I don't know. I think Boston is, is another team that could all of a sudden um, they could be a move away or Jalen and, and Tatum just take, you know, leaps that are, um, heads and shoulders above everyone else. And they got a little bit more from the supporting cast. Like you could tell that story to me and it's not crazy. And also then there's the wild card of what Philly gets back for Ben Simmons. And what is that roster around Embiid who, you know, clearly when he's playing, he's absolutely dominant what that roster looks like. So there's a few of these teams that could come out of nowhere. And I guess there'd probably be Raptors fans that would tell me I should put Toronto in that bunch too. Well, yeah, yeah, I would throw the Bulls in there too. I think that's a good exercise, by the way, because it's interesting. Like all of these teams we're talking about, I could see jumping over the heat in the standings. And this is why I wasn't really blown away at all by what Zach Lowe said. Because, and I know this is because it was behind the paywall on ESPN Plus. That's what they've done now for their premium writers. You know, that's the industry, right? That's fine. We don't have to get into it. But when it comes to Zach Lowe, like somebody had posted what he wrote. Sorry, Zach, but, uh, it was more just about their actual death and, you know, a lot of these guys being older and it's stuff that we've already been talking about. And it was just a lot of uncertainty about the guys surrounding three. So I thought it was actually kind of modest once you read his yeah. whole thing. Agreed. And, and especially because me, I've already said that they're, that I, I wouldn't be surprised and I've kind of expect them to finish in that four five, six range. So that's telling you, oh, you know, look, I would love for it to be three. And I think it could happen. I'm just expecting four or five. And I think that's that's telling Home you that court. means one of these teams is going to get over them, even though I'm not afraid of them in the playoffs. Right. Well, that's I've said along, I, I said along, I think they're more of a playoff proposition, but it is interesting when you talk to national guys. And that's why, you know, I was supposed to do 45 minutes with Nate and went an hour and 20, um, you know, and, and I, you know, again, Nate will kind of, re, like I said, return the favor with us next week, but I mean, he's doing, a pod on every NBA team. He's picked one person per market to do it with. And so, and I've done it with Nate before, but what's interesting is that when, when you're talking to him about it, when you hear their perspective, it does, it reinforces some things we've discussed, you know, the bench, the age, you know, some of these things, but really what we're going to get into after the break here is the offense. Cause that's really where Nate, cause what Nate asked me to do is he says, where would you put them? He's doing this for every team. Where would you put them defensively and offensively? And, and we both agree that they can be a top five defense. He actually thinks they will be, and if, if this is a quote that comes out of the pot I did with him, he believes they will be the, the number one playoff defense in the league. He thinks they, they are the best team from a construction standpoint to play defensively in the playoffs, number one. But he said to me, where do you put them offensively? And I said, I think from an efficiency standpoint, probably around 12 to 15. I think they'll probably be slightly better than average I don't think they're going to be a top five offense. He has them slightly lower. Okay. He has them sort of in that maybe 16 to 20 area. And so I think that is from me looking from a basketball standpoint, it is hard to see how their defense would derail them, but we've been surprised a couple of years ago. We thought their defense was going to be better than their offense. And it wasn't okay. Remember flipped. Yeah. They flipped. I mean, right out of the gate with Jimmy, like, and we're like, how, how you know, and, and we're like their defense is going to be better than their offense. And it wasn't their offense. The ball popped and, the, and it was better than their defense. So we'll get into that here after the break. Before we do, I want to tell you where to get your CBD. It's therapist preferred. Go use, go use the code five reasons. It's the number five reasons over therapistpreferred.com. You can get the gummies. You can get the tincture. You can get the, uh, the sports cream, all that stuff. This is for recovery. It's for sleep too. I can tell you that use 
the CBD again, about an hour before you go, you're going to go to sleep and it will help you. I promise you that, especially if you had a workout. So go to therapistpreferred.com. That's therapistpreferred.com. Use the code five reasons. You'll get 20% off your entire order. That's the code five reasons, 20% off your order at therapistpreferred.com. So getting back to this conversation about the offense, I, th this is the single biggest thing. We talk about individual players. If Jimmy hits the wall, I don't think that's going to happen. If Lowry goes off a cliff, I don't think that's going to happen this season. If Bam regresses, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, Alex, you hit on it to a certain degree. The shooting, um, it could be a problem. I, I don't expect it to be a problem because I think Hero rebounds. I think Struess will shoot over 35% from three. And I think that Duncan is going to be Duncan. And so for those three guys alone, if you get something from Gabe Vincent as a shooter, some corner shooting from PJ Tucker, perhaps. You mentioned Kyle. And, Kyle. And, and Kyle, right. Kyle is a three-point shooter. Up like 40% on like seven attempts from three. Yeah, and, and he's going to have even more of a green light here, I would believe. So, so I think they will have enough shooting. I believe that. But we know that sometimes that doesn't pan out. They have out more the versatile it. shooting, by the way, than they did last year because of Kyle's pull-up game. Like I know Kendrick brought some of that, but it was more like a one-dribble pull-up, right? It was less optionality, whereas like Kyle, it's like he will take that three. And that's the one shot that he took and made. I mean, I, I'm sorry, the one shot he made in that game was that pull-up three when they – in transition, by the way. We were talking – uh, in the game about like, you know, we had that pod that where we talked about the transition game and how it would change with this team. And Kyle's transition game includes being a pull up three uh, threat. And that especially when you have somebody like Bam screening for him. Like, I think all the different ways he scores matters here and all the different ways he makes other guys better. So I, I just think they're more versatile and, you know, they've just got more than what they did last season offensively. It's hard okay, for but, me to think. But, they're gonna but be now, but now I have. I got to pull you back because, because we're, we're, we're not, we're being too positive here. This we, we got to be careful. I, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm just saying, you know, that, I think I that's what the question. gap is between us and guys like Nate Duncan and other, and other national guys who think that they're going to be, you know, between 16 and 20, like you said, offensively, whereas like, okay, we think they'll be between 10 and 14, for example. Mm. We have a clear understanding of culture. That's the difference, but <laughs> no, um, basketball. <laughs> um, so I'll pose this question. If we talk about like realistic expectations and also like we're, we're talking worst case scenarios, should we then qualify this as also like, where do you rank the heats playoff offense? Because like you talked about their playoff defense and what that means, because I feel like there is two conversations floating around here and it's kind of all hinges upon them being a regular season team versus a playoff team. Cause I think in the playoffs, we could all talk ourselves into that offense regardless because of the, some of the stuff that, those guys can do in the half court. So I, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that feels like this is more about them getting through the marathon than yeah. it is necessarily like functional issues. Well, that, that, I mean, that's the point I've made all along, but I, I do think from a playoff. Okay. So we're going to talk. We haven't even mentioned Depot throughout this whole time. He will be part of the worst case scenario. Like if he just doesn't work out at all, but, but like that, what Lake said, if you're talking about playoff good. offensive rating, do you, that means Depot's going to be back. So I think they might be better. Well, <laughs> they but, might but, be better by then offensively. It's interesting you mentioned Oladipo because um, in talking to Nate, and I get this sense from talking to national guys, is that he's not even including Oladipo in his projection. No. I, I, I feel is. like most national guys are not. They, they don't – they need to see it. Like he's like – he says he's been – I mean, according to That's Nate, fair. he's like he's been basically a below average player for two years since the injury uh, in terms of in terms of overall efficiency and production. So he, So they're not – that that's the sense I get is that we, I think we are 
now because we've had some inside information and we've seen Oladipo participating with teammates and being active on the bench and all the rest. It seems like he's very much part of this, which is a guy that seems closer to coming back that I think we have become more optimistic about what Oladipo may contribute this season than maybe the general public has. And, and I, or, or, or even the NBA media has. And I feel like if Oladipo is getting closer to getting back, I feel like it will be more optimism maybe from outside, but right now they're not seeing what we see and we don't even know that what we're seeing is real. So I, you know, I got to We got to acknowledge that, but it's a good point, Alex, that we're not really talking about Oladipo in that context. I, I do think though, from a worst case scenario, for the offense in the playoffs. Okay. So if we're talking about get through the regular season, maybe you avoid the play in. Okay. But you end up maybe not with a favorable matchup or something else along those lines. Cause you didn't get yourself to 52 wins or anything like that. I do think the problems for their playoff offense could be difficulty getting easy baskets. Okay. And, and we've discussed that. Okay. Um, the game is going to slow down if they are pushing pace in the regular season, which I don't think they're really going to do, but if they are, it's not going to be available to them in the postseason. You think that first game was a complete farce? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. That's I agree. Great. I mean, I, I, I just we did a whole episode Spo on pace. I, I don't. I, I just. I don't. I'm make, sorry. Until I see it, play like, at a just, slightly higher pace. But it's right. like, like once Jimmy starts getting that ball, like yeah. again, that's it. Like it's going to go right back down, and it's, it's going to go right back down. The same thing that happened when Dwayne would go off the court, and, and it was Goron's show. Yep. Like it was a similar kind of thing. It's okay. As long as you figure out that balance and I think they will, I think it'll be all right. I do think the thing that you mentioned about easy baskets, that's something that we saw them do really, really well in mm-hmm. the first game of preseason. Obviously it's a game of preseason. Jimmy wasn't there. We can't account for how they look with Jimmy on the court yet. But I just think like the way that he was getting that Kyle was finding easy baskets for guys all over, right? Not just bam, who I feel like we haven't talked about enough right because his usage rate spiked in that game even though he wasn't just demanding the ball and 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 taking iso possessions his usage did spike uh you know a lot higher than it was last season just for this one game sample so i just think what he does for everybody else and i know i'm sounding like a broken record at this point but it's just that's the way that things also manifested in game one like we saw it he he made life easier for a lot of these guys so i think like if anything that part you know, is better than it was last season. It should be, but I, I here's what I, again, to get to a worst case scenario here offensively in the playoffs, here's what I think could happen, okay? Is that I do think that this team is going to be reliant offensively during the regular season a lot on getting to the line. I, I think that, that particularly Jimmy and Bam, but Kyle to some degree, and, and maybe if Hero can add a little bit more of that to his game, they're going to be reliant on getting to the line because they have an advantage at the line. Their top three players are all good free throw shooters. I mean, Bam can be a little up and down, but the overall percentages are fine. And, and Jimmy is a plus free throw shooter. And so is Kyle. So I, a large, large part of what they're going to try to do to get easy baskets is they're going to try to get them easy baskets while they're standing at the free throw line. Okay. And we know in the playoffs that you don't get all of those calls. And, and so I do wonder if that becomes a crutch during the regular season to carry an offense that otherwise struggles a little bit. And then when they don't get those calls in the postseason, they really struggle. And, you know, one, that was another thing I talked to Nate about was his perspective on Jimmy Butler's playoff series, which I, I still think was more about fatigue. And I'm not just talking physical fatigue. I'm talking about emotional and mental fatigue from carrying the team to the degree he had to in the regular season after carrying them in the finals and the postseason and everything else. I, I think that was a lot of what went into it, Jimmy. But from a basketball schematic perspective, what Nate was talking about, and he does study this stuff, is he was saying basically – 
they just gave him nowhere to operate. Okay. In that series. And they played him differently. They put Giannis on him uh, and they made life challenging for him. And that they there may be, too. but there may be a bit of a blueprint for other teams to follow in that case, because when he wasn't getting to the line by bullying to the basket, there wasn't a whole lot. And we saw him take nine threes in a game, which I, I thought was a give up from him because he was tired. Okay. And it's easier to just take the threes, but Again, worst case scenarios is that teams have maybe figured Jimmy out a little bit on the offensive end, Greg, a little. Yeah, no, and I mean, that could happen, but we're not going to end too negative here. So I'm going to shout out um, on Twitter at Isaiah underscore NBA for providing me this information, because if this transpires, we're not going to have to worry about worst case scenarios. Last night, Bam Adebayo led Miami with a 31.6 usage rate. Last season, he achieved that mark in only four out of the 72 games. If he can take that kind of load off Jimmy, it changes the trajectory of this team. And we're not going to have to talk about worst case scenarios. Good night. <laughs> All right. I knew I wouldn't get through this whole thing. Alex has nothing else for us to say. That's it. I'm gonna oh, let him, I definitely I'm gonna let him end That's it. why I'm confused. I'm gonna let him end it. I okay. Prizemix.com, use the code five F-I-V-E, therapistpreferred.com. Use the code five. That's the number five reasons. Floor's yours tomorrow on the YouTube channel. Brady's gonna join us. Uh four of us will be on at eight o'clock uh prior to their tilt with uh, with the Houston Rockets and, and their interesting young backcourt. So, I mean, it'll be fun to watch tomorrow night. Um, and and as as it is, there are a couple player heat players that may be out, Caleb Martin, a couple others uh, tomorrow. But I am expecting to see Jimmy Butler for the first time. So we'll we'll see how that looks, uh, hopefully with Kyle Lowry, because we want to see how that looks together uh, in, in something more sustained than just the scrimmage. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.